You're listening to Sound Booth Podcast. Join our hosts as they talk about pop culture, entertainment, and how to balance everything secular and spiritual. Hello, ghouls and goblins. I am here today with two wonderful people to talk about, um, what was it again? Uh, this, the witch trials in Salem. Oh, that. Yes. And, um, here I have, uh, a a mortal and a witch. You just got to figure out which is which. (laughs) So who are you? Uh... The technical term is warlock, I'll have oh. you know, um, actually. Well, I could be the witch, I mean. I'm a muggle. <laughs> There's that too. Uh, um, Ravenclaw. That's a different universe. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm oh, going well, by... if we're talking about... If we're talking about houses of Harry Potter, of uh, Hogwarts, then I am Hufflepuff. It, it's weird. I took I took the quiz one time. I got Ravenclaw. I took it again recently, and it gave me Hufflepuff. I don't get it. So, yeah. Apparently, I'm Ravenclaw, but sometimes I'm Gryffindor. I don't know. Yeah. James, I see you more as a Ravenclaw. But yeah, I could see Hufflepuff as well. Yeah. A Ravenpuff. <laughs> a Huffleclaw. I'm a Raven. Ravendor. Ravendor. <laughs> Well, in case you haven't noticed, I'm here with uh, James and John, the disciples. Yes. I mean, well. The Sons of Thunder. No, we're not really. <laughs> sons of Thunder. <laughs> yeah. And yes, we're here to talk about Salem Witch Trials, and James is going to be talking a lot on this episode because he has been studying it, and my knowledge of history is limited because I had poor history teachers, and I have little interest in history i'm sorry to say it's okay it's not for everybody but i learned a lot from james so there's that yeah and then there's john yes (laughs) so john do you what do you like history i do like history i will admit that i'm not uh, i'm not a buff in the category of the salem witch trials but i do like i probably like history about like wars and stuff like that the most but this, I'm definitely interested to learn about this. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you prefer uh, modern wars or ancient wars, or a bit of both? Bit of both, as they said in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Mm. Okay. okay. How often do you think about the fall of the uh, Roman Empire? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing that's been trending lately. I guess. I yeah, know. I've seen that online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought about it last week. Anyway, um, well, <laughs> not the fall of the Roman Empire, just Roman general, pretty much who who would win, who would win Rome versus Spartan. But you know, that that I don't know, or who who would win Rome versus if if the. If Attila and the Huns inba- invaded Europe, would at the height of Rome's power, would they be able to stand against them? That that's another history question that bugs that keeps me up at night sometimes. So, okay, it's a good question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now that the history buffness has been established, what do y'all know about the witch trials? 
anything at all. If if you've seen it in like pop culture or anything, only only what I've seen very limited um, in some movies or TV shows. So not not much. Same. I mean, we watched uh, James and I watched the uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode about um, when they go to Salem, uh, Salem reenactment place, and they try to dress in costume of the time and um and they do like period uh like they they do chores like butter making butter and like making candles and stuff um and you kind of see in that episode you kind of see like how people just put it in their mind that somebody was a witch and they would accuse anybody and of course the mean girl in that episode blames the main character because you know that's how it works so i i get the time period i i know being a reader of the King James Bible for most of my life, I get the language part of it, but yeah. I don't really know that much. So, so yeah, teach and, me. And uh, yeah, the funny thing about the Sabrina episode is, like, as far as the theming, or there, there were a few things that they didn't get quite right because it's a comedy show for like teenagers. Yeah, but. The parts that were there, we'll, we'll see that. Yeah, when when they got when they nailed it, they they nailed it. So, so yeah. Like the name of the episode was called the Crucible, and uh, yeah, the Crucible is the name of a fictionalized version of uh, like a of of the trials themselves that was a book and was later turned into a movie. And I think there may have been a play about it. I. Uh, don't quote me on that one. Hmm. So, as we begin, uh, a, just a quick summary of, of what of what they were. Um, the witch trials were a series of hearings of people accused of witchcraft in a colonial town in Massachusetts between February of 1692 and May of 1693. Throughout throughout the whole period, about 200 people were accused. 30 were found guilty. 19 of them were hanged. Uh, 14 women, 5 men, which is odd because usually when you think witches, you think women, but there were men accused. As, and here was a part that I did not know about. Apparently two dogs were also were, were also involved with this. What? Yeah. Uh, pre- these these dogs were uh, thought to be bewitched. Oh, so they cursed. So, so they were thought to be cursed, so they were put out of their misery for the sanctity of, of the village. Uh-oh. Poor peppers. Yeah. And then the this other guy who I'll get into his full story, uh, he he died uh, after torture from what they call pressing, where they would just set these heavy rocks on, on you until they, you were essentially crushed to death. Because he he would not confess that his wife was a witch. So so they tried to torture and convince him. And then five people died in jail waiting to be, you know, for anything to happen to him. So yeah, and this uh, again, tragic loss of life, and also disclaimer: I'm not going to be covering every single thing that happened because I don't because this would be about a three-hour podcast, and we're all kind of tired right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> a- as I go through the story, if either of you have any like questions or just observations, feel feel free to speak up. So, a- anything so far? Nope, I'm good so far. No, I just feel sorry for the poor people accused. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say that, that had to suck because there was nothing you could do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we'll we'll get into more about how how uh, crushing that was for some people. So, but before we begin, there's something I, I have to clear up. When we talk about uh, Salem, Massachusetts, um, as the witch trials, technically, say modern day Salem was not the place where they took place. Back then, there were two Salem's. There was Salem Town, which is modern day Salem, and then there's Salem Village, which got its name changed in the 1700s to Danvers. Hmm. So, Salem Village, when it started out, was it was this small farm community. They were it was like kind of like a Puritan commune, which I, I don't want to step on any toes here. The Puritans did have good theology, but they took things to a way too big extreme sometimes. That doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> like uh, we. Uh, after after the Sabrina thing, there's a show called uh, Horrible Histories, and they did an episode where they wife swapped this Puritan lady and this other lady, and just said some of the things in there like uh, Puritans they didn't uh, dancing was sinful, uh, drinking was sinful, um, uh, but let's see, uh, having fun was sinful, holidays were sinful, everything was sinful, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, you. Pretty much, uh, your your life had to be as miserable and pious and. It's all a little bit like Amish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Am- Amish would be close to this. And, and modern day, yeah, would be the closest we could get. Yeah, they they were very pious people, and uh, yeah, let's see. I don't know if Amish people are pious, like in people's faces. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, they, they, it, and this was a small town. There was roughly about 350 people live, living in this town. As soon as, uh, around the time of uh, the the trials took place, three three to 400, give or take. Uh, let's see here. The villa- villagers were strictly Puritan, meaning they didn't participate in dancing, drinking, singing, fun. Even holidays were forbidden because these practices were considered irredeemably sinful. Irredeemably sinful. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, the daily life was spent. Uh, the men were were out in the field, um, uh, plop with with the boys working the field, kind of like Little House on the Prairie, kind kind of. While the women and and the girls were at were at the house taking care of it, doing chores, maybe tending a garden, stuff oh, stuff no, like babies. that. Yeah, that. Teaching the kids how to be good helpmeets. That that's a teaser for a future episode there. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> there there wasn't a school built until way after the trials were over. So pretty much all this town had was a couple families, a meeting house, and I believe there was a tavern there, but it probably didn't serve beer. It was just like a meeting place. I was gonna say education isn't sinful. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, the public education. Oh well. Yeah, true. Yeah, there, there was. There well, was a, I don't even know if public education was a thing yet at that time. Yeah, they, they were still, um, they they were still a British co- Massachusetts was still a British colony at this point. Um, they they had start. They were starting to uh, get revolutionary thoughts, but that was still about uh, about half a deck, half a century off, give or take. All right. So, and so that. That's pretty much how it went. And uh, another thing I forgot to mention about the Puritans. At one point in time, the Puritans did control the English throne and kind of like made all of England Puritan, which didn't go over well. 
in, in fact, they banned Christmas. Like, it kind kind of like a, oh, alcohol is banned in the United States, so it's like that. But all holidays gone. Prohibition for for holidays. Prohibition, yeah. And, and so that that was the their weekends were filled with work, and then Sunday happened, and um, oh boy. So on Sunday, everyone gathered at the village church or meeting house, as as they called it, where they the men and women sat on separate sides of the of the uh, auditorium. Mm. That reminds me of what John said. You grew up in a church that was like that, didn't you? The Mennonites. Yeah. Mennonites. And and here, which they're Mennonites and Amish are basically like they're. They're, they're two two branches of basically the same type of um, Christian denomination. Which, which, by the way, yeah. funny story I heard concerning the Amish. Um, you, you're At the time of this recording, you remember about a week or so back when they had that uh, national emergency phone test <gasps> thing? Oh, no. There, there were some Amish that, oh. were, that were outed for having iPhones whenever that alert oh. went off. <laughs> I mean, I feel I feel sorry for them, but oh. that is funny. Right okay, but okay, I have a sidebar here. Um, yeah. I read a book a couple years ago about an Amish girl who escaped. Yeah. And yeah, they have stuff. Mm-hmm. She had a secret radio that she hid in a ditch. Oh yeah, it makes but now it makes me feel sorry for the people that were trying to get out. Yeah. But I mean, Rumspringa. But maybe you know they passed their Rumspringa and now they're tired of it. It's funny but sad. <laughs> At these church meetings that happened every Sunday, the sermon lasted for three hours. There and remember, Puritans did not believe in singing, so there was no like worship service beforehand. So it was just three hours of preaching, with men and women in the same building. But if anyone messed up or, or started act, acting up, there was a designated man with a stick that would poke you until you stopped misbehaving. Does that include kids? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that would never fly today. Yeah. Be and, so many lawsuits, shoot. And then, <laughs> and then it, it gets better. Um, after the sermon, there was a, they, they had a break, you know, for like lunch or something like that. And then this, this was also the time where people who travel long distance from the farms, they would just hang around town. And this was pretty much turned to the gossip hours where, mm. you know, all the town's dirty deeds were spread amongst the women, stuff As like that. Request. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then they would go through. Then they would go back and hear another, sometimes longer sermon. And then, after that sermon, they would go home, where the father would spend the rest of the day reading the Bible to the family. That was Sunday for for the Puritans living here. I mean, <laughs> Sunday, yeah, it's God's day, worship, but. Yeah. You gotta breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Even God took a break. <laughs> you wonder why so many uh, people that grew up like ultra, <clears throat> ultra fundamentalists and ultra um, conservative Christians wind up hating God or hating Christianity and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was kind of what uh, daily life was mm-hmm. for for these people. Um, so, get, getting into that, uh, we this time in history, I kind of want to get a grip on like the emotional state that could have brought about how people were so like paranoid of everything around them. For, Sorry, I was just gonna say maybe during those 
gossip sessions. They were just bored yeah. and ran out of stuff to gossip about. So they just like, oh, let's make up a witch that hunt. Possibly. I don't know. Just well, saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did kind of talk about that in Sabrina a little bit. That's so, true. You know. Yeah. And, and uh, pre- pretty much um, at, at the time, I mentioned that they were still on, under the British thing, but revolutionary thoughts were starting to, you know, creep in. So there was was that powder keg of you know growing resentment against the against the crown in england um the native americans were still a big presence in the area of reportedly some of the villages villagers can hear like their war roofs from the village so that fear also made started creeping in plus there was talk about the french and indian war starting up soon which was the Pretty much the war that was before the revolution, where the French and the Indians teamed up to try to kick out the British. Another story for another time. And also, to add further salt to the wound, uh, the sermons at the time from preachers, uh, I think one one guy, his name was Cotton Mather, I believe was his name. They're all about how there's demons out there and witches, and they're just waiting trick you and entice you and the the way uh, a person became a witch according to them was they were approached by a man and he they would coerce and other like specters and spookies and he would coerce you to sign your name in his black book and once you did that you gave him you gave this uh, devil demon lucifer whatever he was to sort of use you as ever he sees fit why does the name cotton mather sound familiar to me I, I believe he was mentioned in, in IFB stuff or something else. I, I know, he sounded familiar to me too, but I can't, I couldn't place it. Any any thoughts, John? Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, I was just about to look it, look up, it up on Google. <laughs> it sounds <Okay>. very familiar. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see here. So, um, Go ahead. I'll just say for context, um, we figured out who Cotton Mather was was he was a clergyman and um it's a library reason a work library reason that i know who it is that's all i'll say okay <laughs> I, I i feel better now that was bugging me i I, knew, I was like i remember this because i order so many books and i see the titles over and over and over and i'm like okay have i ordered that or did i dream it or have i seen it on advertised somewhere yeah it's it's a whole thing but yeah. it's just not about me so moving right along uh speaking of uh, the preachers uh the spiritual state of of uh the village at the time they they had a hard time keeping pastors they had built they had built uh, just built their church like er- earlier in the earlier in the 1600s but they had gone through three pastors al- already by the time they that uh that the trials came around and the fourth guy he was pretty much kind of part of the reason why it took off which we'll get there um a, a lot of it was i think a, a recurring theme with with this town is the people in charge were not qualified to be in charge like the the ministers uh, like uh the ministers they were like failed merchants they barely any of them were ordained they were just people who could speak well or knew mm. knew how to say scripture and stuff like that in a way that people would you know resonate with or you know just go along with or you know y'all have no idea what that what 
any any examples of oh, that or anything. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I've ne- never met an unqualified preacher in the in the past, <laughs> or or a preacher that's you know totally not there just to spew his beliefs and disguise them as scripture. No, no pastor would ever do that. Yeah. If if, if y'all can't <laughs> if if the lovely audience at home can't detect we are being all the sarcasm right now, stripping from our words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So at, so at the time of the witch trials, there was some brouhaha with the other pastors, but don't have time to get into that now. The newest pastor who moved in, his name was Samuel Paris. Um, this man, he's from England. His father was a uh, help was a wealthy sugar plantation owner. He had a couple like uh, sugar farms in Barbados and parts of the Caribbean. Uh, Paris originally came came to America to study at Harvard, which it, it that was a that was shocking to me that Harvard predates the founding of the United States. That that was that was kind of weird. Whoa. That, that was kind of a weird like time thing. But hmm. but but yeah, and then he uh, went back after his father died to take over the one of the sugar plantations in Barbados. He kind of drove it into the ground, according to one account. And then he moved moved back to Salem Village. He he didn't really seek out the pastor. He just kind of fell into it because he was he went to Harvard to study business. He was kind of a businessman, but he was semi decent at it, from what I can tell. Um, so he he moves in. He starts uh, preaching, speaking out until they suddenly like, hey, you want to be the pastor? He's like, sure. And that's totally how they talked back then in, in the 1600s. Would thou, wouldst thou like, liketh to be the pastor, the man of God, the bishop? So he, <laughs> so he moved, so he moves into the, to the parsonage that they, that they had there with uh, his wife, three kids whose name were Thomas, Elizabeth, who will be important later, Susanna, and his orphan niece who he had hired as, as kind of a maid for, for, uh, for, his uh for his kids named Abigail Williams, who will also be important later. And two and the two or three slaves that he had, one of who was a uh um her her name was Tichuba, and sources disagree on whether or not she was Native American or African, but she was a slave that they had in Barbados. So sources sources don't agree whether or not she was a Native American slave or an African slave. So and Tichuba will be important later. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. So foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she Ooh. she did have a husband. His name was John Indian. Uh, he he was also. Whoa. Uh, it it was kind of they they gave him the name John, and he was reportedly Native American, so they just called him that. Just. Not that he had a name, they just called him that for convenience. Not that it was his given name, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Slavery was cruel. Anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now, un- under the wise leadership of Mr. Paris, uh, everything was was uh, was fine for a while, but he became really strict on, on, on the issues and the standards of the village. I... I what what I what I just said probably doesn't sound familiar to anyone from the IFB or anything. Yeah. Uh, he uh, some 
some things he did, I kind of would agree would have agreed with him on. He uh, re- rejected people who tried to get into the church under what they call the halfway confession. Um, long, long explanation short, uh, in order to join, join a Puritan church, you had to both have a confession of faith and be baptized. But there were, were some churches that were starting to pr- practice what they called the halfway confession, where you can be baptized, but you didn't necessarily have to give a confession of faith, and you were still allowed in. But as long as you as long as you made a profession of faith later, but your kids, but but any kids you had got an automatic in, as long as they were baptized. So, hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, it it it's uh, controversial to say the least. Um, now, like I said, for he got he got along for like the first two years of, of his uh, time there as pastor, which was a little bit longer than any other of, of the um, of the preachers had served there. Uh, but his his strictness and his long sermons where it was just like uh, wrath and doom and witches and evil from from the pulpit not so much grace love mercy you know that that stuff that's rarely mentioned in the bible huh. <laughs> uh, rarely mentioned in some churches this this, this <laughs> kind of started to turn like some of the village against him and this is what happened to the other ministers like they would have half the population on their side and the other half not and there was fighting amongst them eventually the pastor was driven out in in mr paris's case he managed to, the the people on his side were kind of like the salty earth farmers, nice people, but didn't have a lot of money. But the people he ticked off were the people with all the money, except for one or two. That was the worst. So, so at the time, and the the man was not good, that that good of a person either. Uh, he reportedly was very harsh to his slaves, even oh. uh, beating Tichuba, and was kind of cold to his children, stuff like that. Ugh. Not a nice man. It, this this is one of the stories where everyone's the butthole. That that's it's kind of one of those stories. So, and 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 for for a while, because all the rich people weren't backing him, he wasn't getting paid. So, or he wasn't getting a lot of money. The one of the agreements with him taking the taking the position was that all his firewood was provided for free. Which in the days before, you know, like central heating and air conditioning, firewood was you know gold gold to <laughs> to to a house so after and also he started stirring up a sting too because he tried to claim the parsonage as his as his own when it was property of the church and there there was a whole real estate scheme in there and then all the while while he was dealing with this uh his wife had taken ill and then as if and then the other shoe dropped where the girls have gone wild um, yeah. This is a family podcast. Okay. Yeah. That, that, no, seriously, huh? that, that's my point in my, my notes right there. The girls go wild. So, um, I, I'll explain. I'll explain. Yeah. Cut to um, uh, sometime in February of, six, of uh, 1692, the two daughters of, of the pastor Samuel Paris, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, or they called her Betty for short, hmm. and Abigail Williams, they started having strange epileptic fits. Ooh. Like, uh, they were convulsing, shouting, muttering, um, mumbling incoherently, and, uh, 
pretty much just acting like like you said in our last episode, demon possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, this soon spread to to other girls in the uh, in in the village and the neighboring one, including one who's who was called uh, Ann Putnam Jr. Which that that that's a thing I never thought of. If a girl is named after the mom, she she's a junior, and then the mom becomes a senior. Which I always thought of a junior senior as a guy thing, which was weird reading that, but. Especially with Puritans. Yeah. You would think that'd be a no-no. Eh, no. Oh, well. Huh. And, and the, the the Putnams were pretty much the uh, one of the most powerful families in Salem, and they were a close friend of the Parises. So there there was that. So whenever both the Parises' daughters started, started acting nuts, and then the most important person's daughter started acting nuts... You know, they, they tried to keep it as as uh, calm and under wraps, and uh, the mm-hmm. father would pray over over them a lot, and and uh, in, and they even <laughs> oh, this part is funny. They brought in a doctor. They found a doctor come in and examine these girls to find out what's wrong with them. Oh no! And the doctor's diagnosis, I kid you not, girls are bewitched. It's witchcraft. There's a witch doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they gave him a lobotomy. <laughs> no. Mm. If, if they had, then this would all been over. So, True. they they tried to keep this under wraps. Uh, uh, Samuel Paris, he called a meeting of all the different ministers in the area so they can, like, counsel together, get, get, uh, and mostly do prayer. And it, it was kind of quiet at first. But little incidents spread here and there, stuff like that. However, Remember how I said that in between the Sunday sermons, the gossip would spread? Mm-hmm. And it's a small village. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it would hard to be... It would be hard to keep those this thing under wraps for too long. Right. So... Naturally, the whole school knows. So some well-meaning citizens... Uh, at, at the time, there was also a thing in England where they had counter spells or counter magic that would supposedly uh, help dispel the witchment from from the kids. So one such lady went to the went to Tichuba, the Paris's uh, female slave, and gave her a recipe for something that would help the girls, called a witch cake. Hmm. Uh. You want you want to know what involves the making of a witch cake? Probably not, but you're going to tell me anyway. I I do. <laughs> so it, it's a very simple recipe. You uh, you you uh, take flour, you know, little salt, your standard cake making grease, put that together in a bowl, and then you combine it with the urine of the afflicted person, oh. and then you you. Then you use that to make a nice cake, and then you feed that cake to the family dog. And then, what what supposedly? What did Fido do to deserve that? <laughs> then supposedly, what 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 they said would happen is, since the cake had parts of the girl in it, the dog crunching on it would. The witch would feel crunched like the cake and start convulsing in pain and eventually die. Or the witch's curse will now transfer it to the dog. That's what you meant earlier. 
I put in I put in my notes a puke emoji by by the uh, by the witch cake. So yeah. yeah. Of of course, um, from what sources say, Tichba went through it, made the thing, was about to feed it to the dog. Then Mr. Paris walked in, said, "What are you doing? Why did you bring this witchcraft to my home?" And according to sources, beat her soundly that night. So. So I have a question. Yes. Where did this recipe come from? Uh, it it was just uh, ha- handed down from people in England because they they superstitions and traditions and stuff like that. Kind of like uh, Facebook mom groups today. That's the best comparison I could think of right off the top of my head. You know, the groups where they say if you stuff potatoes in someone's shoe or put them in the corner of your house, it somehow cures everything, you know? Crazy stuff. Witch hunting is older, is a lot older. I think it dates back to like the 1400s whenever this this guy, a couple guys got together and wrote a book called The Malleus Malficarum. Which, which is a great name for a metal band, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it translates to the Hammer of Witches, where pretty much they put in there how to spot one, how to identify one, how to tell when someone's being bewitched, stuff like that. And it, it, some of that stuff is really messed up. I, I might have to mark this episode for explicit content, but um, one, of the, one of the stories in there was a, a wife... Uh, a wife walked in on her husband um, playing single player in the bedroom, if you understand my meaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his excuse was, uh, I, I, met a, I saw a woman and she bewitched me. That's totally what's happening here. And they believed him. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah the, it, it's one of those things where I know a lot of Christians hate on science. But... I believe since, you know, a lot of scientists come along and help explain things better, uh, events like this don't really happen as much. At least to this degree. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because even us as modern day Christians laugh and roll our eyes at things like this now. Yeah. So, this went on for a bit, spread to other girls in town till they couldn't keep it a secret anymore. There was a good, like, mob or gang of them at this well, point. Well, I mean, yeah, you're making pea cakes. I'm sure the smell was awful. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I just I, can't, ugh, I can't get over that. Yeah, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the girls, you know, falling out, convulsing, acting oh. all demon-possessed. Well, like I, I, the urine cakes, I'm sorry, it just kind of <laughs> takes center stage. I, understandable. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So, it, eventually... It, it got to a point where, you know, one girl threw herself in a fireplace and, you know, they're, they're acting very, like, self-destructive and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Samuel Paris went to one of his daughters, or one one of the two girl his two girls that he had in the house with him. One was his daughter, one was his niece whose parents died, and he kind of took her in, hired her as a servant, stuff like that. Um, so they he begged them to tell him who did this to him, and they gave him three names. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and the slave Tichuba. Those three were, according to her, were the witches that had done this to the girls. So, before... But, uh, Are you getting into that? Why, uh, why those three? I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but okay. before that, um, I'm, I'm going to briefly go over what has been speculated what's actually happening to the girls at, at this time because there, there's been um, 
a couple theories float floated around. One was um, the town's food supply was infected with a certain strand of bacteria that had been known to cause like convulsions, mm-hmm. epileptic seizures, hallucinations. Because another thing, the girls were seeing like specters of of these women that they accused of being witches going around pinching them, pulling their hair, throwing shoes out a window. Oh. Scratching them, biting them, stuff like that. So. In reference to the Sabrina episode we watched. Yeah. They used those exact examples yeah. in that episode. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. And and then the... So that's one, one theory. There are problems with that. Like, uh, why was it only infecting one certain group of people and not everyone? Unless it affected these girls with these fits and made everyone else paranoid. It's, it's one of those things. It could be a possibility. But the effect of it was too uh, widespread or too specific for it to be that. The other possibility is the girls were faking. Now it could have been, it could have been that uh, they uh, that you know they could something legitimately could be wrong with them, and they just liked all the attention they were giving because at the time in Puritan, being a woman sucked. Because you you weren't really regarded as anything, so now everyone was suddenly giving them attention, and you know, I I see that. Yeah, and uh, James. Uh, oh, um, so yeah, you can edit this out if you need to, because um, I, I don't know if this is getting ahead of your of your story. If you're going to mention this later, but I don't know if y'all have heard that. Um, I heard this recently, I can't remember where, but like that during the era of the Salem witch trials and stuff that there was some, maybe some women that like didn't get sick from some diseases that people had and they had, um, and it's because they had cats and the cats would eat like rats and mice and stuff and that would prevent them from getting sick or whatever like catching the disease from the rats and everything when everyone else had them and so they would say like that people who had cats were witches or something like that because they didn't get sick like everyone else have you heard anything like that i've heard i've heard something like that like that in here i mainly heard heard um there something like that during like when the bubonic plague was going through europe also that could have been like the origin of this and transferred over to here so yeah, like uh, yeah. I don't I don't know. What, I didn't know if that was part of the Salem with witch trials or if it was yeah, um, in a different area or something like that. But just something interesting. It it could have been my notes are just a summary. So there's that. But yeah, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so yeah, that that's the other thing. And of course, uh, what's a mob of girls without ringleaders? Uh, the sources claim the three like ringleaders of, of the girls was uh, Elizabeth Paris, Abigail Williams, and Anne Putnam Jr. Those were the three mean girls. Wow. So they were the plastics. Yeah. Of the Salem witch trials. Yeah, pretty much it was. Mean girls and, reference. And also remember that Puritans were know about theater, didn't go to plays, so they would, so they hadn't seen like acting before. So it would be hard for them to pick out if someone was being genuine or acting. So mm-hmm. could it have been infection? Could it have been they were faking it? Could it have been a bit of both? 
Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where we weren't there, so we can't know for certain, but those are like two prominent theories on that. So I had mentioned that the girls accused three women. Uh, Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tichiba. Tichiba we kind of already uh, talked about a bit, but the other two ladies, um, pretty much the girls could not have picked better candidates for witches if, if they tried. Um, Sarah Good, was uh, she was a local old beggar woman known for roaming the town with her children, begging for things from door to door, being kind of forceful, kind of... Karen-ish, almost, when she didn't get, get choosing, any... Choosing beggars. Something like that. When she didn't get anything she wanted, and uh, she was known for whenever she would leave, the village, the people would catch her, like, muttering something under her breath. So, in their mind, there's like, oh, she just muttered a curse against us because, you know. Yeah. And, and also, this wasn't the first time she was accused of being a witch. She had been on trial for witchcraft before. So, it, it's one of those things where the girls would have known about about her because they would have seen her roaming around, having her kids with her, trying to drum up sympathy that way, stuff right. like that. Uh, Sarah Osborne was, she was a reclusive woman whose biggest crime was not coming to, coming to church for the past three years. <laughs> oh. Uh, she she uh, married a guy named Robert Prince, who was the brother-in-law of John Putnam, who was, you know, one of the big wigs in the community. Um, uh, her husband, uh, Robert Prince, died in 1674 and, in his will, left the farm to his two sons. However, Sarah remarried an indentured Irish servant, who, but then she tried to claim the farm as her own, denying the inheritance to her children, which got her into legal trouble with the Putnams and put her in everyone on everyone's poop list. Uh. So, so yeah, and then, and then like it. Like I said, she hadn't been in church in three years, which in this society was a big no-no. And then, la- and then lastly, t- uh, we mentioned Tichiba already. She was a slave, you know, different from them. And you know, of course, this is—they—they're told—they're totally weren't racist people back then. Why, why wouldn't huh. you think that? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and, and also, it was—it was said that uh, that Tichiba would teach would. Uh, tell these girls because they were you know stuck at home learning cooking and stuff all day she would tell these girls stories of her childhood growing up with voodoo and this and other stories of witches that would plant these ideas in the girls heads mm-hmm. including she taught them a form of fortune telling which some stories say that um elizabeth paris and uh all these names are getting confusing in my name Ab- abigail williams participated in one one night, and uh, the the form of a uh, fortune telling they did was, you you take an egg, uh, crack crack it open, separate the uh, yolk, the uh, the yolk from the whites, and then if if you ever cracked open an egg, you notice there's like this white little thread thing that go that uh, sometimes gets caught into the white when you separate them. Uh, pretty much, you look at that that thing in, in the bowl and whatever shape it takes uh, predicts your future love life. Allegedly, whenever they did, they saw a coffin there. It, it took the shape of like a coffin and it freaked the girls out. And some people say this fear plus all the other fear around them caused them to have a mental break. Hmm. So that that's another thing that, that could have explained all this. So, and that was another... And also, like you said, Tichba was the one who tried to give who who made the pea cake out of them. So, uh, it 
pretty much the the first three victims here had were pretty much had the deck stacked against them for why they were for why couldn't they be a witch so mm -hmm. right it goes back to i know i've said this a couple times that that sabrina episode we watched is like making so much more sense now <laughs> see <laughs> it's not so random as i thought it was yeah so so warrants are issued for these women's arrest uh they they uh of course this is like one of the first big things that has happened in this town three women accused at once so they take they take them to the uh like government building but that is too small to hold this swelling crowd that's coming in to see the spectacle and so they move to the church where where this initial trial was uh uh watched out presided over by a man named jonathan hawthorne who fun Fun fact, his descendant, Nathaniel Hawthorne, is the author of The Scarlet Letter. So... Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, he had a co-counselor named Jonathan Corwin. Now, here's the funny thing about this, bringing up the theme about unqualified people taking... Uh, being where they, where they went. These men were judges. They had no law training, mm. no legal training whatsoever. <laughs> they were former merchants and, like politicians that's their only qualifications for this hmm. and then pre presiding o over all this was samuel paris and a couple other other men who were kind of like mediators slash um uh transcript writers and stuff like that in fact uh the the state of massachusetts has the original transcripts that were written by mr paris and other men from the trials themselves that's how we know so much about it as we do so yeah mm -hmm. and, and of course here is the other thing that stacked the deck against the these women the this court allowed what they called spectral evidence as legitimate evidence pretty much the alleged victim of witchcraft would claim to have been tormented by the spectral images of certain named members of the community this was taken as evidence that those named as witches and had given the devil permission to assume their appearance. If accepted by a court, this testimony was virtually impossible to refute. Pretty, pretty much, uh, the girls could, could say, Oh, she pinched me with her specter, or she pulled my hair, or sent a yell. Her, her specter's over there, whispering in the dude's ear. He can't be trusted. There's a monkey <laughs> on my shoulder. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I'm, I know I've said it multiple times about the Sabrina episode. I'm just going to say, if you're listening and you wonder what we're talking about, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, it's on Hulu. Season 1, episode 23, The Crucible. You'll understand. Yeah. So now... Um, I'll have to go watch it. Yeah, Yeah. after it, this, it's going to make so much more sense. <laughs> it, it's currently on Hulu right now. Yeah, right, uh, as of this recording. Okay, yeah, we got Hulu. Yeah. I have to say one thing while you're looking through your notes. If yeah. um, if you were my history teacher, I would have actually like <laughs> learned something. Aww. Well, I mean, I probably would have been checking you out, but um, <laughs> no, I actually <laughs> tell it in a way that is not dull. That, that like I appreciate that. I'm just saying that that was my thing whenever whenever I was a, a kid in school i hated dull teachers like my, my least favorite kind of substitute teacher was the ones that would just open the book you read a paragraph you read a paragraph you read, read a paragraph with 
my my history teacher at the time yes this was ifb school but my history teacher at the time he was a history buff like he his notes his notes that he taught of, he didn't teach out of the book. He had handwritten notes that he had made himself about the history subjects that we were covering. So. Because he cared. Yeah. Uh, shout out to teacher care. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Um, so what I'm going to do now is for, first to the witness stand, they brought up Sarah Good. So I have, like I mentioned, I have the actual transcript right, right here. Which the Univer- University of Virginia has uh, made an archive of on-, on online. There's a couple other ones, um, so I'm I'm just gonna read this, and you can see just how insane the line of questioning was for for this. This is the interrogation of Sarah Good. Okay, so the judge opens with Sarah Good. What evil spirit have you familiarity with? Sarah Good answers none. Judge continues. Have you had contract with the devil? She answered, no. Why do you hurt these children? I do not hurt them. I scorn it. Who do you employ to do it? I employ nobody. What creature do you employ then? <laughs> no creature, but I am falsely accused. Why did you go away w- muttering from Mr. Paris's house? I-, I mentioned that if she was turned away, she would mutter something mm-hmm. under her breath. Uh, she answered, I did not mutter, but I thanked him for what he gave my child. Uh, judge continues, have you made no contract with the devil? She answered, no. Desired the, um, then the judge had all the children look at her and see if this was the person that had hurt them. And when, when the children look, looked upon her and said, this is the one person that had tormented them, uh, they, they said, she's her. Then all of a sudden, all of them started convulsing, shouting, making a ruckus, uh, stuff, Baking. stuff like, stuff like that. And, uh, th- this was another test for witches that they had where pretty much if a person was in convulsions and the witch like laid a hand on them and the convulsion stopped that means the that mean that person was the one tormenting tormenting them and they're a witch get them out of here <laughs> and just curious isn't there wasn't there another test where they like threw them in the water and if they s- could swim they were a witch if they sank well then they were not a witch and they die anyway yes is that true yes Wow. That that was more medieval witch test. Like, oh, uh, okay. like for those out there who have seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, that the the testing of witch scene there was hilarious, but it was not too far off from how ridiculous some of those tests were. <laughs> well, that also reminds me of a Simpsons one where Marge and her sisters were uh, were witches, and it was I think it was set it was supposed to be during the Salem witch trials. Yeah, yeah. and they told her. Okay, uh, we're gonna see if you're a witch. Um, that we we put you on this cliff and you have to jump off with this broom. And if you're a witch, you'll uh, you'll fly away. <laughs> and if you're innocent, well, you'll just die. <laughs> uh, that was evil. Yeah, but but not too far we, off from the truth. But not did exact. That. So yeah, That's so it, awful. It was pretty much if you were accused as a witch, you're, you you were just done. You're, you're you were screwed no matter what. Yeah. And, and then uh, so mm-hmm. the children started convulsing. And then what, what they had to do was they had to turn. Sarah Good was looking at them the whole time while they were convulsing. But as soon as the bailiffs like came and turned her away, all of a sudden the children just stopped and they were all normal. Like, ooh, uh, spooky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teenage, bored teenagers. That's what that was. Yeah. And then the judge responds with, uh, Sarah Good, do you not see now that 
what you have done. Why do you not tell us the truth? Why do you thus torment these poor children? And she said, I do not torment them. And then and then it just goes on with the same like line of questions like, how did you do it? I didn't do it. How did you do it? I didn't do it. Who did you employ to do it? I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> this went on for several hours. Yeah. They had to break Does your lunch. Does your mom know that you're gay? It's like that kind of questioning. Yeah. They braked for several hours and went to Chick-fil-A for lunch. Yeah. Oh wait, was it on Sunday though? <laughs> yeah, that and then uh and then they went back finally made it back around to the question where um <clears throat> I, I am skipping around the testimony. I will be putting a link to all my sources in the notes of this episode for y'all to check out yourself. Um but but he finally got around to, what did you mutter under your breath when the parasites turned you away? And she said, I said, if I must tell, I will tell. It is the commandments. I may say my commandments, I hope. What commandment is this? If I if I must tell you, I will tell you. It It is a psalm. What psalm? After a long time, she muttered over some part of a psalm. And then he asked her, who do you serve? And then she said, serve, I serve God. And she said, what God do you serve? And then, and then, they kind of went on like that. And then they, and and then he said, "What God do you serve?" She said, "The God that made heaven and earth." Though she was not willing to mention the word God, her answers were in a very wicked, spite. This is the this guy writing it, kind of adding in his own commentary, spiteful manner, reflecting and retorting against the authority with base and abusive words and many lies. She was taken in. It was, it was here said that her. Hu- that her husband had said that he was afraid that she either was a witch or would be one very quickly. So, so yeah, they even brought her husband up and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, she's totally a witch. Uh, if, if not now, she will be soon. Aww. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, so, that, so, they take her away, bring in, bring in the next victim. Uh, then Sarah Osborne approaches the sand. Now, she, her, like I said, her only crime was that she was late to church. And uh, so I'm, I'm not going to read the full testimony from here because it's kind of, uh, it can be summarized really quickly. Um, it, essentially, they they asked her, why haven't you been at the meeting? And then she was like, well, I, I met this tall man and he told me not to go. And they was like, but, but you were there. Yeah, so I defied him, but then he went back and then... And, and but I did go the next Sunday, and then it was like, yeah, but that was three years ago. She was like, well, I've been really sick, and and I have been able to go. the The theory is that she was really depressed because of like I I mentioned all the uh, like legal problems, and her mm-hmm. husband died, and all that other stuff was going on. So and and also she was kind of reclusive and stuff like that. Um, and and I will go ahead and say this: um, Sarah Good was eventually hanged, and Sarah Osborne did. Uh, died in prison so yeah and so we have these two um sarah good accused osborne of being a witch osborne denied it and said that she was more likely to be bewitched than a witch like under the control of a witch rather than Mm -hmm. be one herself and then so nothing had been established in you know it, it seems to be going, and then they bring in our final witness, and then that's when the poop hit the fan. Uh, let's see. So, this one I will read, because this is where everything gets interesting. <laughs> Buckle up. Okay. So, 
They question her and say, Tichuba, what, e what evil spirit have you familiar with? She says, none. Why you hurt these children? I do not. Who is it then? Who, who is it then that hurts them? And then she said, the devil, for all I know. And then he said, do you... Uh, did you ever see the devil? And then, and then she said, "The devil came to me and told me to serve him." Um, what? Yeah, she she just she she pretty much was like, "Fine, if y'all gonna accuse me, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll with it." So make it up, make it interesting, or something like that. And then the judge, you know, questioned her further. Who have you seen? And then she said. Four women, and sometimes they hurt the children. So she just accused four, told them that there are four witches in Salem, and she's not one of them. And we got two here. That means two people amongst this gathering crowd are potential witches. Mm. You you can see how this, how all of a sudden this has gone from a spectacle to maybe my neighbor's a witch. <laughs> I see. And then, and then he asks, who are... Who, who were these witches? Uh, she answered, um, Good Osborne, uh, Good Osborne and Sarah Good, and I do not know who the who the other were. Sarah Good and Osborne would have me hurt the children, but I would not see for, but I would not she further saith there was a tall man of Boston that she did see. So pretty much they're saying this tall man from Boston with these three women were... We're kind, we're kind of coercing her into hurting the children. And what's funny is her description of the tall man from Boston kind of, people have noticed, kind of fits Samuel Paris's description. Mm. Because he, uh, the, because, you know, he was, uh, we, we know that he, you know, beat her and stuff like, stuff like that. So she was, could be projecting this image on, onto, mm -hmm. onto him. So let's see, here it go. It goes on. He told, keeps telling how this devil keeps keeps uh, trying to bribe them, uh, uh, pretty much saying all this stuff about their activities, how they would ride on poles, which is where the witches riding on brooms kind of came from, mm. and go round about torturing the children, and then and then it all it all ends with uh, pretty much they they asked her one one last question. Uh, the judge asked her deep. Do you see who it is that torments the children now? Because the children start convulsing again, and then, and then uh, Tichba said, "Yes, it is good. She hurts them in her own shape. You know, her her specter is currently tormenting them." And then he, and then the judge says, "Who is it that hurts the, and who is it that hurts them now? Like who is also hurting them?" And then Tichba's last line is, "I am blind now. I cannot see." Saying that the wit the witches are angry at her and they blinded her so she can't continue on. Well played. Pretty convenient. Well played. Now it it's speculated whether or not she intentionally met uh, was messing things up or you know um, what was uh, was being this malicious as like a payback or she was. She had bought into all this superstition and was just rolling with it. Seems like at the beginning she was trying to defend herself, and then, she, like you said, she's just like, "All right, fine." Yeah. And maybe she thought of it while she was testifying. Yeah, and pretty pretty much um, at this point, if you were accused of being a witch, your best bet was to confess, and maybe they'll throw you in jail for a bit. So this concludes the first round, but it sowed a lot of seeds. Like there are 
now there are two other witches here. We got two of them, but there are other two now. And then the accusations started pouring in. Eventually, what, what would happen is the governor would form a special council of judges, like uh, a seat of seven judges, to figure out what is going on. But you won't, don't put anyone qualified on this panel of seven judges. Hmm, <laughs> that sounds familiar. So, and and so, and then of course, uh, uh, it 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 just went. Everything just went from bad to worse. Um, there were a lot of people done. I'm just going to mention a few more, and then we'll 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 hit the showers. Um, uh, one notable one. Uh, her name was Rebecca Nurse. Uh, she was a 71-year-old woman, which, in for the 1600s, that is remarkable for a woman to live that, for a person to live that long. She must be bewitched. And she was, the, the problem with her was she was one of the nicest people in the community. Like, whenever she was accused, um, pe- people were shocked that this woman was capable of that. In fact, she, she almost uh, got off scot-free from how, like least likely it was that that she was uh that that she was a witch but in in the end the 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 mob of girls reacted to her so violently that they were like okay you're a witch go in jail and i believe she she did die in jail but you can visit her her house where she lived to this day so in in uh in in like the historical salem village so yeah and now for a more awe moment, um, Dorothy Good, daughter of Sarah Good, one of the first convicted witches, uh, she was four to six years old. She was accused and, and tried as a witch. And I, 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 for, I forget, I forgot to look. I think she either died or was hanged. I, I forget. Aww. So at that young age, hmm. yeah, that sucks. So, so just goes to show you the old weren't 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 safe the young weren't safe anyone was fair game if you dogs weren't safe if you had ill against them you you could be next and and so that brings me to the last example i want to bring up um like i said there's way more i can do but it's getting late and yeah (laughs) and and john and i are falling asleep don't want to belabor the point just kidding (laughs) (laughs) sort of (coughs) so just kidding, but not really. Yeah. So the next... <laughs> so the final cup. This is a couple I want to bring up. Uh, Martha and Giles Corey. Uh, so Martha was a well-respected member of the community, one of the pillars of the church, one of the most least women that could that could have been it. You know, well-respected, res- well and she was smart, smart as a whip, and uh, stuff... And uh, other stuff like that. However, she got she got in bed with one of the afflict one of the afflicted girls had it out for her. She was accused of being a witch, and and she she was not she did not believe in witches or warlocks or anything like that. She just thought it was all bunk, a phase, you know, passing like like that. So she went boldly into the meeting house, thinking all she had to do was tell the truth. And then everyone would, would believe her, and that, and uh, and and then this would all be settled. It did not go well for her. Oh uh, yeah. So she she gets she gets up there, get gives her testimony what happens, answers everything honestly, and then the girls struck. They break. 
while uh, Martha was, you know, explaining of over there, s- several of the girls started imitating her every move on, almost perfectly, like she was puppeting them. And they would shout down all, all her answers when she tried to make a point. And this just kept going on and on until they absolutely just broke this woman's spirit. Aww. And she and she just, like, resigned to her fate, and they took her away. And even at the time, her husband, Giles Corey, the other per- person I mentioned, he did uh, accuse her of being a witch. However, later, later, he would come back and... Uh, Say no, no. What what you what y'all said doesn't make any sense. She couldn't be a witch, and and uh, kept fighting for his wife. Until, and uh, I mentioned at the beginning there was a guy who was tortured to death by pressing stones. It was him proclaiming his wife's innocence until they until they literally crushed him to death. Aww. So, Aww. so yeah. Hmm. But so we're gonna have to list the extra happy stuff tonight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So that that's pretty much all I want to get in with the trials in conclusion, how this all ended. Um, the the governing body finally got wise and threw and uh, pretty much started dismissing any spectral evidence that came up because that was the big thing that was sending all these people. Then all of a sudden, once that was thrown out, all, all of a sudden the cases dried up. Like the, it was easy to di- disprove that, you know, these people weren't witches. Who did thunk? And, and uh, what the fate of, the fate of all the people involved I'm gonna briefly get into this um, this mr. Paris uh, his wife did die dur- during this time and he was eventually uh, after the trial was over he tried rebuilding his reputation in Salem but it never quite worked worked out because he had pretty much destroyed any good faith he had left he then held held the parsonage hostage almost refused to vacate until he was paid he finally did and then went off and led a quiet life some somewhere mostly forgotten without his family. His daughter, um, it, his daughter, Elizabeth Paris, she actually turned, turned out pretty well. Um, during the height of this, her mother, before, before she died, sent her way to Salem town to stay with a cousin and away from the chaos that was Salem village. She actually snapped out of it, recovered and went, went on to have a health, a healthy, normal life for, for a woman back then had, married a nice man had a bunch of kids you know so she got a happy ending out of all this the other girls not so much last they last they saw most of them they confessed and they kind of went a little loony in the brain so yeah Yeah, you telling me all that it actually reminded me a little bit of something um and i'll make this quick um if you've heard of the author ann perry um it's a long story, but she had a best friend and they did some very dramatic things like those girls did. And it just reminded me of that. There's a movie called, uh, heavenly creatures. It talks, it's all about that. So that's all I'll say about that. But that's what I kept thinking of. It's basically, that was uh, Salem's version of mean girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And, and yeah, in, in, mm-hmm. in conclusion, it's just, this is what happens when, you let fear take the reins and you don't like what you don't like approach a situation with like grace evidence critical 
logical thinking mm -hmm. and you you just hop on the bandwagon and paranoia and just let that take you straight over the cliff yeah so. and hurt innocent people in the process yeah and and also some other good news in in 1957 um i know it's it's way too late for for anything to happen but the court the courts in massachusetts actually pardoned a lot of the uh, a lot of the vic like six of the victims of the witch trials and the and uh, in 2004, apparently, they, they were talking about they're working on pretty much pardoning everybody that, that was ever accused, murdered, indicted, stuff oh. like that. So, yeah. Oh, well, too late now. But yeah. But, but it... Clears their name. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Another thing um, uh, I thought I should mention is, like, <clears throat> I wonder, I wonder how many of these, like, you know, you talked about obviously it's not good for communities to be controlled by fear and motivated by fear but like i wonder how many of these um women were accused maybe to um sweep something else under the rug like um to protect a man's reputation or to or some something like that and i'm not saying i have any specific examples to reference mm -hmm. But it, 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 it seems like that it is highly possible. You, like you, yeah, like you have that sort of. Ex, I mean, you don't have that same thing going on today, but you have uh, similar stuff going on where we, uh, where in churches where there's like a lot of abuse scandals going on in these hyper fundamentalist churches, mm -hmm. where you label the woman as oh well she was. Uh, she was a slut. She was seducing men. She was doing this or that, and uh, making it, making the woman out to be the bad person in the scenario, when actually it was um, a guy or someone else that was being, uh, that was being an abuser towards her. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe that was the case in any of those scenarios as well yeah. wouldn't surprise me yeah and in fact uh another thing i'll briefly mention uh one of the former pastors of, of the parish he he was actually accused of being a witch himself so they were even accusing pastors accusing in anyone uh there was this one village where they were starting to have a problem with it so they sent two of the girls from the mob to come and identify him and the girls just identified all these people and told them you need to get rid of them now so you can tell at, at a certain point the power kind of went to the these girls's head yeah and, and like uh like they've seen how they've had this this power to like throw mm -hmm. like over to like ruin over 200 lives so yeah all out of boredom <laughs> yeah well maybe but <laughs> this is what repression does it 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 doesn't regulate anything. All it does is you bottle mm -hmm. stuff up and it doesn't go away. The pressure, if, if you don't learn how to release, the pressure will just build up and next thing you know, bad stuff happens. I need to go watch a Disney princess yeah. movie. <laughs> I, 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 need to, mm -hmm. I need to go watch something happy. Or go to sleep. Going to sleep sounds good. Yeah. Well, anyway, we we want to thank you all for joining us on this magical carpet ride with us. Uh, any final thoughts, any everybody? 
Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, history can be depressing. Maybe that's why I didn't like it. I don't know. I, I have been I have been holding this <laughs> back for for since like July. So uh, I think before that actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, this is this is him <laughs> holding back a lot. And and the thing is, F, almost everywhere I've turned for the past couple of weeks, there has been something about the Salem witch trials. They are staring me in the face. Well, I mean. It is spooky season. So, so, I'm, so I'm like, uh, okay, finally got to got to exercise. You this. Feel better? Yes, I do. Well, got it out of your system. <laughs> well, anyway, like I said, uh, I'll put I'll put as many sources as, as I can in the uh, show notes or description of, mm-hmm. of this episode. Feel free to check them out yourself. I didn't have nearly enough time to cover everything, or and some a lot of it I summarized for sake of time. But I did try to stay as true to the to the stories as I possibly could. So our next episode has to be happy and lighthearted. Yeah. It just does. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh thank y'all for joining us. Uh follow us on the Twitter or the X or whatever we're calling it now. And uh, also got an Instagram that I will post on eventually. <laughs> and yeah. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Night. <laughs>